Hello. Hi, Heyman. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Very, Good morning. Very exciting day for those of us who are interested in healthcare as Amazon has just bought one medical group. And yep. I, I, I think this is such a fa fabulous thing. Um, yep. Okay, I give up. Pin link. How do I pin a link again? Heyman, how do I pin a link? So you click on the pin link at the top. I, do you want to no. put? Did you put the link for this, or what did you want the link for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I want the link for Geneva, ah. and then the link for this. And actually, we should probably add to Linktree, or I should um, this link, right? Right. Okay. Got that link? Nope, it's the wrong link. Okay, that is the wrong link. There it is. That is the right link. Okay, I've got it. Okay, everybody. Let's ping some people into the room and do what everybody does. Um, send out SOSs before we start having a discussion. But I was very impressed by this morning's acquisition of, um, of one medical group by Amazon because I'm heavy into healthcare startups <coughs> because I think healthcare is such a broken system in the US. And I started using one medical nearly 10 years ago when it first came out because of course it's a startup and I trust startups. And, um, and I also um, had tried another startup called PillPack. And I don't know if you guys know PillPack. I guess, Barbara, you don't. Um, but it's, a, it's an app that sends you all your pills in little packets with the hours in which you're supposed to take them. Well, it's and an it's online the, pharmacy. That yeah, yes, right. Yeah, that's that right. puts it in packs. Yep. Right? Yes, mm -hmm. that's the difference between it and other on, online pharmacies. And the thing that was most cool, of, you know, about it was that at the time was not that it was an online pharmacy, but that it actually had the customer at heart. You know, it was like, if you're traveling, you know, if you if you don't want 16 bottles of something in your house, you know, and, and it, it sort of speeded up everything and streamlined it. And I, I became very enamored of it. And then Amazon bought it. And about the same time as I started using PillPack, or maybe even a little before, um, I started using one medical and I found that it was a, you know, in the world of American broken medicine, it was, it was like a dream and I still use it. And this morning Amazon acquired that and it makes me feel like um, I'm an absolute, you know, guru in healthcare startups. <laughs> for being able to spot them and spot the ones that really do something for, you know, customer service. And it's only a two second leap from the subject of customer service to the subject of community, which is what we really are gonna talk about today. And the reason that I put the Geneva link up is because I'm trying to make sure that if anything happens to Clubhouse, which I'm not saying anything is going to, but I don't want my whole community 
to be on Clubhouse and then something happens to Clubhouse and I lose all the phenomenal friends I've made over the more than two years that I've been on here. So I'm trying to start a community of those people on Geneva, which is a much easier to use app in a lot of ways and get my community to do something that Clubhouse doesn't permit, which is get my community to talk to each other even in my absence so that people in our community can meet each other, which brings it right back to what we're gonna talk about. And it's, you know, I said, this is a room about solutions, bring your solution. And my solution is to move the, the community that I've aggregated on Clubhouse, if they're willing to move with me, to move that to Geneva, where the community can talk to each other without my even being there and perhaps perpetuate itself and perhaps help each other more. So that is the solution that I bring to start off this week's meeting of the Karma Club, brought to you by the Karma Coin, um, which is a coin that if you buy it, you will get access to uh, token-gated rooms on Geneva. But that's a whole other issue. So if you're interested in buying social tokens on Rally, just to see what it's like to help other artists, because that's what they do, um, please do. It's a fairly easy platform to access. I won't take your money. I won't steal your money. Um, I don't do anything with your money, but try to help other creators and artists. So it is, it's a, it's different from a fan token. It's a philanthropy token. And this year I did an NFT and my, my, my NFT is going to be airdropped to my coin holders as soon as I can get Rally's um, Indian engineering team to work. Anyway, all right, back to community. I am a very strong, <laughs> thank you, Eamon. <laughs> it's so wonderful how you just, <laughs> you just keep switching those links. Um, I, I feel like a lot of our social problems are caused by lack of community, which in turn is caused by uh, more mobility on the part of people, you know, physical mobility. A lot of people live in different countries and different uh, cities than their parents and grandparents did. And they move around a lot and, and in doing that. And, and actually, you know, they've become um, digital nomads. And so, uh, I, you know, my goal is to see what the, the, the whoops, I lost Joel. Okay, uh, what the, the upshot is of that. And then as soon as we got done getting used to more mobility, came the internet. And then, and the internet meant that uh, people could stay behind screens all day and not come out and meet each other. So less opportunity to form community. Next thing we know, there's, um, all these articles on mental health and the, the terrible mental health problems in the world and the mass shootings in the world. And with all of that shit, if you'll pardon my technical term, happening, there's got to be some solutions to this. And I actually went into um, one of Shireen's rooms and Shireen said, you know, lack of community is a white problem. And I was like, whoa, there's something I need to consider more. Um, anyway, welcome to Clubhouse, Mina. Nice to see you out there in the audience. Um, we love people, so you've come to the right place. And if you feel like speaking, you can just raise your hand and come to the stage. Barbara, 
came in. I gave my solution. My solution Thank you. is Geneva. Yeah, I, I will definitely check that out. There, um, I did some research and found uh, about six studies so far that looked at a correlation between community and mental health and overall health. And they observed that the stronger the stronger the community, the um, the, the greater sense of well-being and sense of well health, uh, mental health and physical health, uh, which was quite interesting. However, what really fascinated me was that uh, when they look at uh, age groups that have the weakest community, it's the ages. Let me just get this in summary here: between forty and fifty-nine years old, and that really? was saying, yeah. 40 and 59 years old. And that was a study from um, all global studies, so it included race and ethnicity and so on. So, um, And then I looked at five other additional studies to that, and there were some interesting correlations there that that age group just seems to ha have a, a weaker community and weaker sense of belonging. And then when we study just this, this sense of belonging, that's what... Boy, really I never would have guessed that. In a million years, me I neither. would not, not have guessed Me neither. That. Yeah, me neither. It's interesting. They didn't put a gender lens on it, unfortunately, so I can't tell you um, how many men versus women it was. Uh, but it was interesting that they looked at that. Uh, well, that is the group that, that's the group that um, the man who wrote Bow Bowling Alone um, mentioned. Right. You know? That's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That is, that's, yeah. So, and not the elderly? That was what they said, that the largest effects among those reporting very weak community belonged were observed among those aged 40 to 59 years old. Okay, so all my hypotheses are wrong. Um, <laughs> no, maybe not. You know, it really depends on how you studied, who you studied. But it is good to understand, you know, that there are, there are these differences, you know. Because I can, um, understand, I can understand that, Barbara, because those are empty nesters, right? Their kids, yeah. their kids have gone off to college, but yeah. they're but they yeah. live in communities still, you know, yeah. and and they yeah. they're not they've stopped moving around so much. They're usually pretty yeah. much in place. And there's also yeah. Lance from uh, Colin who wants to chime in. Lance, do you want to chime in? Please, Lance. Good morning. Lance, we can't hear you unless you're oh, away. Oh, there you go. Hold on, hold on. Hold go on. ahead. Can, can you hear me now? Yeah, loud we and clear. We can. Yep. Hello? Yes. Yep. Yep. You're loud and clear. Oh, hi. Yeah, hey. Um, you know, <laughs> I've been in and out of the left community my whole life, and one of the things I always like to do when I, I used to book bands for fundraisers or sometime to try to make a buck – and I always wanted to have like a variety of bands. I have punk rock and, and English folk rock. And partly because of putting a bunch of local bands together, you get all their crowds together, but also so that people would see different cultures uh, musically. And I had a gig. One of the best ones I ever did was at a, a local, one of these old fashioned theaters, not the seating, but like there was three lobbies, had about a thousand, couple thousand people. And the people that were the young punk rockers downstairs had two stages simultaneously. They came up and said, gee, that English folk rock, not my cup of tea, but interesting. I had a local blues guy. They, some of those folks went downstairs. They were kind of more 30-ish or 40-ish. Uh, and they came down and said, gee, wow, that punk rock, kind of interesting. And so I've always been about that. Anyway, you don't know me from Adam, but I'm, I'm just, I'm desperate for help because I've got a million good ideas, but I can't even cross-reference a sub-stack to try to get whatever followers I might have. Now, you folks sound like you're kind of too busy right? So to listen to a schmo like me and say, yeah, let me help this guy out. But no, 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 wait. <laughs> not me, Lance. Not me. Wait a minute. I am a person with an infinite amount of time to help people. So, and well, Lance, I've sent that. you the link uh, on the call-in side. I've actually posted the link in the chat section. If you look on the chat side of the call-in app, uh, you'll see the link that I posted for Geneva as well. I'll post the uh, link tree link as well. What's, so you'll be able to what's connect. Geneva? I heard you mentioned it before, but what's Geneva? Oh, just check out the link. It's basically an online group and Charlie's there. He could actually explain. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie, come on up. Charlie's also part of the calling group there. Oh, great. Hi, Charlie. Good morning. Yeah. Oh, Charlie's not on stage, but I'll get him up. 
Okay. Well, anyway, I can help Lance insofar as I have the skills. I am able and willing. And one one thing you probably shouldn't do is refer to yourself as a schmo. Because oh. <laughs> whoever you are, you're not a you're not a schmo. Oh no no no! This that's just called self-deprecating humor. It's like when I tell people no, oh, I, I'm such I, a Flintstone. I tell people I'm such a Flintstone. Okay. I'm such an idiot with tech. But frankly, I'm one of the smartest people I know, and I'll put my ideas and my uh, project up against anyone's. You know what I mean? I'm fully fully confident. I just don't want to sound like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like show a little humility and say, you know. So no, 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 no. I appreciate that, though. Thank you. You know what I and mean? And for those um, who are wondering, because I haven't changed my... Oh, sorry. And sorry, for those on Clubhouse so, who haven't, uh, who are wondering why Heyman's actually speaking in tongues, you know, I haven't changed my, my profile picture. Oops. Sorry, Lance. I'm going to... Uh, sorry, I'm just going to explain to Clubhouse. Clubhouse, uh, we are connected to Colin app. So this is basically... Uh, the Karma Club has always been multicast on different platforms, bi-directionally, so all platforms can interact with each other. That's why you're hearing voices through my head. I should have changed my picture there. Sorry. Francine? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I had to walk back here. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Lance. I'm just going to transfer back to call, cl Clubhouse for now. Okay. One second. Sorry, Francine. Okay. Go ahead. Um, no, I, I, I'm just saying that this is what I want to do. And what we all need to do is create community. And where we were before Lance started talking is on something where I see Brian's in the room and he would be a really good, um, a piner on this. Um, Shireen told me, Brian, that lack of community was a white problem and that the black community was much stronger. And if you can come up, I would love you to come up. And, you know, tell me what you think about that. Hey there. Sorry. Can you repeat that? Yeah. I'm, uh, my son and I are out and about. So, uh, I was kind of half listening, I admit, uh, but uh, you, you mentioned uh, uh, something about what about community within the the, the black community? Or? Yeah, Shireen said community is much stronger um, in the black community. Well, hmm. well, I you know, um, I'll speak on my own experience. I mean, you know, I. I you know, for me, you know, community has, for me, you know, growing up in, in my community, I grew up in a multi-ethnic community, both the uh, white side of my family and the black side of my family. And it was, uh, there was a common, you know, the, 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 com the common denominator was uh, humanity you know, and, and love. I mean, you know, we had disagreements. I saw, I saw a lot of uh, conflict, but I saw a lot of resolution. And at the end of the day, I saw a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess you could say a lot of community. Uh, you know, the, the adage of, I don't know if it's a black thing or white thing, but, you know, back before all this digital technology, sounding, I guess, sounding <laughs> old, but before technology, you know, if you got in trouble, you know, uh, by the time you rode your bike home, everybody on the block knew it, and you get a spanking along the way from everybody until you got home. Um, but there is, I'll speak on the black community for me, not all. I really try to make a concerted effort not to speak for an entire group because there are shared experiences and there are experiences that are not. But the black community in which I grew up in, there was a, uh, what there was a, a common theme and it, it harkened back to uh, the journey of how black folks got to America. And that oftentimes uh, 
oftentimes would be the the thing that would uh, bond people within the community I grew up in was that the 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 oppression the uh, the the constant hypocrisy of of the country of America towards African Americans and then dial down to specific experiences yeah that 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 drove a, a lot of uh, uh, community and trying it holds to be people, better it holds people together right that that's i mean i i i wouldn't say um it's worth the kind of experience that you guys have had um to, because you have better community but you know, it has forged a common bond, which many white people do not seem to have. Or maybe, I, maybe they go ahead. Amy. No, I'm also wondering, like, I think it's just maybe it's, I think a multidimensional though, right? It's cultural, it's economic to, I mean, if you think of multi-generational homes, that's common in Asian communities in the past, or even older, you know, older cultures, right? I'm talking about Italian and Greek. But as the uh, the uh, families, you know, got economically prosperous, and or maybe the family members were working more. teenage boy um, segment, you know, which is, oh, I don't know what you would call it, 16 to 21, something like that. And also in the elderly, where, you know, people um, age in place or with, you know, and their friends pass on and they see fewer and fewer people. And I'm trying to answer somebody in the chat at the same time. And I have found that for me, it's impossible. <laughs> I'm, I'm either present to the room or present to the chat. But anyway, um, I, I'm feeling like the loneliness is in 
the young people who spend all their time on screens and don't understand how to relate to either people of the opposite sex or even people of their own sex, or maybe they're bullied or whatever, you know, and we don't even know these people exist until they shoot up a shopping mall. And I, I mean, that's a, that's a too sarcastic for the seriousness of the situation, but you understand what, what I think. And then the other uh, group is like, you know, my friend Dan, who wrecked his car, he couldn't, um, <laughs> yes. Um, and my friend Dan wrecked his car and couldn't drive anymore. And he was just holed up in his house until he finally had to move into a senior community. And now, although he he doesn't really like uh, any of the people in the community yet, um, at least he talks to people all day long, which... You know, and COVID exacerbated this for everybody. Um, you you could not see a person for days during COVID. And I think that took its toll on everybody, including me. Because I, I can say this once or I can say it, you know, 37 times. Um, I'm a community person. Hey, Andrea, we just... Um, must have gotten you in your ears must have been burning because we were talking about community in India and how people in India don't suffer from loneliness Hi Dr. Francine, sorry I jumped in late Um, so you know of course that's a big general statement I'm sure maybe there are people I know, no, I'm saying I know that there are I said it but it was within a context so um, I, I think in general, my sense is that, uh, it is, there is more of a kind of communal, uh, culture and it's, uh, and I, this was my experience living there as a foreigner, um, but with a lot of very, uh, local friends from India, raised in India, living and working in India. Uh, so my community spanned, uh, the expat community. Um, NRIs, non-resident Indians who were going back to India for the first time, uh, and then locals. And, um, you know, of course you run in certain circles, but ultimately the big comparison I was saying is that in India, I was like never alone. <laughs> and and there is this uh, practice where, you know, if you go to a wedding, uh, you know, if, if you had a friend, you would be like, just come. <laughs> of course, the notion of weddings are far more, you know, bigger and more communal. Uh, there's always exceptions to these things. But in general, there was a sense that, you know, you were kind of never left. Now, I've had Indian friends that have wanted to actually get some personal and private time alone, and they have the opposite quandary. Um, but I found moving back to the West or to America, and maybe it's New York City, uh, but that, you know, you just have many more stretches uh it's, it's amazing what New York City has to offer to do and where you can meet new people. Of course, I moved back and knew people here already. But you, the, the amount of time you can go, uh, you know, without, you know, being with people. And there isn't the same sense of, you know, just come along. Uh, I don't think not as freely here. But those are just some of my observations. Um. Yeah, it's very similar to Brazil, what you're describing, Andrea, socially in India as well. It's always like there's always room for one more. Just bring, don't worry. But I do agree with what Heyman said, that I find that the sense of community comes more, I believe, from... uh, uh, a financial background because what I see in experiment in places I've lived, not only in Brazil, is that uh, less privilege is the group, a better sense of community they have and they develop a, a, a more, uh, a better community between themselves as a group. 
Well, that is interesting. Hey, Gouda, are you speaking from Club Deck? No, why it's sounding strange? Well, I can't see you on stage. She's on stage. Oh, I need a PTR then. Okay. Yeah. And also, I posted an article. Like, there's a lot of articles. Loneliness is a universal thing. Um, I know. Yeah. I just saw you post that article. As soon as I, I as soon as I ripped on Andrea, <laughs> Andrea told me, you know, how she felt when she was in India. You posted India's growing loneliness epidemic. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's it's not a it's not a it's not a Western thing. It's not a thing. I think as, I mean, as we get, I, I, this is what I find. I mean, I think the, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'd more lean to Frank. Frank, thanks for coming up for try to understand this or at least tackle this subject. But I, I just feel like people, um, like even if you look at the stats about the recently about the antidepressants use in certain countries versus others, um, I, I just wonder, right? How much of this has uh, got to do with more of the psycho? So, so, I mean, the the other social factors in place. Well, I I don't know. You're the doctor. <laughs> well, no. I mean, even even as a doctor, I mean, it's it's hard. Like we've had suicides in our own. Like you would think physicians are uh, the most happiest, should be the happiest people, right? They're helping the most people. Uh, they actually are. Uh, you know, helping others is sort of a form of therapy too, right? Uh, and also, it's not like uh, physicians are poor, right? Uh, you should think that they should be better off, but no, they have their own. They also have their own loneliness epidemics and uh, stressed out and uh, suicide levels as well. So, I actually yeah, high level of burnout. That... Sorry, who was that? No, I was saying, like, I actually understand that among the professionals, me the medical sector is one that has the biggest uh, level of suicides. Yeah, psychologists, dentists, and doctors, yeah. Um, it, it's also a high high burnout rate, right, for doctors, especially during the pandemic. It's yeah. just been crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, I know so many doctor friends who just can't do it anymore, you know, they're exhausted. Well, if you really think about it, think of all the doctors on Clubhouse who can't do it anymore. Some of them uh, quit yes. during the pandemic and some of them quit uh, before the pandemic. But there is a real shortage of doctors. Um, Frank, you're in the social sciences. Anything you wish to say to educate me? Oh, wow. Uh, well, Heyman invited me up. I'm, I'm actually right now trying to find a paper that I that I wrote 10 years ago about Henrik Enderlein, who's a political scientist who uh, wrote about uh, areas of the European Union and on which factors uh, actually countries integrate. Um, uh, so you have Switzerland, which has kind of a multi-ethnic state, multilinguistic, uh, lingual, and, and uh, how they integrate and how uh, Denmark is integrating all of that. So I'm, I'm right now searching. I think I, think I found because... it. Is that the uh, knowledge for policy? Well, Enderlein is a great professor, and it's a, 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 the paper that I talk about is actually one that I've wrote myself, um, but uh, on the basis of something multi-level governance. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm still searching it. So, um, uh, I, but yeah. I posted something at the top. I posted something I'll at the top. Yeah, so it's basically he, he's a great professor. He's really a great professor. He has a lot to say on on inti on integrating uh, communities and factors of that. So anything you will find, he's really an expert on it. So whatever you post, it, it will be great. He's really a huge professor. And this one actually oh. is interesting. If you look at the stats, there's a nice graph in there that actually I posted on Call Insight as well. Uh, there's a graph that actually goes about the pre-pandemic levels of loneliness in European citizens. Uh, pre-pandemic in 2016, and, and later on they did the study again in 2020, and they found that the loneliness is the highest change, increased the highest in Sweden, uh, everywhere, everywhere across Europe, everything, everywhere up, uh, loneliness increased by the lowest being 6.1 in Romania. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what? Are, okay. So it says loneliness has to be addressed by policy solutions. This is my week. 
to talk about solutions. Anybody? But what are the causes first before we even go for solutions? We've been talking about the causes for weeks, Heyman. I know. But... <laughs> Did you talk about social media? No, we haven't talked Being about Being on social... screen? Okay, that goes under causes. I actually think, Andrea, before those causes, I would put our own inability of being able to communicate in a level that we would be vulnerable with each other, right? And I think we are so defensive and protective and afraid also of creating situations by putting ourselves at the vulnerable level that the person, whoever is our company or our group is going to go away or we are going to be rejected, right? I think fear of loneliness, it's probably one of the biggest factors of us ending up alone. You mean fear of rejection? You know, okay, but here, it's all about me. I mean, <laughs> I always bring it back to me and my personal experience. I am a person who does make herself vulnerable. You know, I have told everybody on numerous clubhouse stages that I've been depressed since the pandemic. I've told uh, numerous people on clubhouse stages that my foster son is in prison for drug-related offenses. I've told numerous people, uh, you know, I, I mean, I have made myself vulnerable and well, I'm still lonely. <laughs> oh, even with all this time you spend with us on Clubhouse, Dr. Francine, and all the well, people that, in person. That means, for, yeah, but, that is but, for me, a solution. But, but, but I guess Dr. Francine... I just want to say that, um, and to you, Dr. Francine, that I think, it, you know, it depends on the person. It sounds like, you know, there is, um, that may be true that people, you know, especially actually even with the, 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 the negative kind of pressure from um, social media where you're constantly looking to check to see, you know, oh, is my... You know, is my life, well, I mean, I, I don't do this, but I'm just saying, you know, is your life living up to the amazing photos you're seeing, the life that people are posting? And then are you comfortable then being vulnerable about, you know, oh, you know, when your life doesn't look like that? Or, um, and I think that is a phenomenon. We've certainly seen it come out in terms of like body image issues with young women uh, and maybe others, but I wonder if there's a bit of that phenomenon. Like you, I'm also vulnerable. I, I don't really care too much not a lot about what people but, think about but them but i think we have also to establish maybe uh what type of loneliness are you talking about dr francine are you talking about physical social loneliness or are you talking about some internal process because we can be surrounded by a hundred people and still be lonely right we can be in a relationship with somebody and still be lonely we can have our children and still be lonely so loneliness it depends on what exactly is you relating to it and what you expecting from the environment around you i believe and what how you deal with your own self and then Gouda, that's the right. Gouda, you hit it right there with the what do you expect from the people around you. And maybe that's part of the issue. Uh, Frank? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I know you asked me as a social scientist. Heyman, do you want to say something? Uh, sorry about that. Go ahead, Frank. So um, I'm still... Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, oh. Lance, hold on for a bit, Lance. Go ahead, Frank. 
Yeah, so uh, I, I'm still trying to get into the, the kind of the mood of the conversation and where you are actually at, because there's so much to say about that. So I will just add a few things that uh, that that I can see, and this can nowhere, uh, this can be nowhere near like a whole understanding, not even of the factors that I that I can uh, could bring up. So. Uh, uh, we the the society and this is uh, an international f uh, uh, phenomenon is um you see all of this polarization right and um there's inequality is uh, growing people have uh, trouble to um see their problems in 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 politics so it's a representational uh, problem and uh, so they have problems that politicians don't address they ignore it and stuff like that so it's representation and it's also identity. People have uh, uh, trouble more and more to uh, connect to uh, others, like uh, even understand each other on, on the very basic level. And there's, we could, you know, roughly talk about communication in general, but this is really on a systemic level. We have so many social systems where people don't have a common language and they don't even know how to, uh, how to build a bridge or how to how to uh, fill a gap or even you know uh, accept others that have not not this opposing opinion but just a, uh, just to accept a little bit of difference there's so much difference in the generations that our our parents and uh, grandparents who lived through you know other times they definitely had uh, less security and therefore more acceptance for uh, differences and all of that so they even thought uh, uh, together in communities in ways that we shift more and more away from we don't have any households anymore where the families together and all of that and they're uh, on the solution side so there's definitely political action that is needed uh, on the movement side people um, must speak out about the problems that is a growing problem because you know if you express yourself talking about here the, the social media uh, type of thing uh, you can put up pictures with a little bit of text but that is not a political action anymore there's no group thing there is no uh, uh, there's no um, unionization of whatever interests, there's no way that people just accept that people, you know, go together in one direction. So there's loads to address, and a political would be one of the one of the ways. But before that, of course, language and understanding, and uh, even to uh, accept uh, certain types of conflict, just as a reality. But there's really so much to, uh, to touch, and I, yeah, I could go on for hours, of course. Yeah, that's yes. the first point I, I to, to, to complete to you, uh, Frank. That it's I think one of the main issues is conflict address and our inability nowadays to address conflict and recognize conflict in a healthy way. Well, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you will join my room, my home on Geneva, which is a new community building app and help me build a community over there so that people can we can continue these kinds of discussions um because i really like these discussions mustafa do you have something you'd like to say you came up here um i'll i'll just pass on a a different way of thinking about this um, okay, and, and then I want to go back to Rick. I want to make sure Rick speaks. Go ahead, David. Okay. Yeah, just uh, we are told when we are young that we should build networks. And we often do that. And then, you know, 10 years into whatever it is we've decided to dedicate ourselves to, we stop doing that. And for decades after that, we kid ourselves. When something fortuitous happens, we say, oh, see, I've got a great network. And when something bad happens, we say, see, I need a great network. I don't have one. But most of the time, we don't have any clue, and we don't use the network. So 
one way to, to, to deal with loneliness is just to teach people how to continuously use their networks throughout their entire lives and get them to stop killing their networks. Uh, there's, you know, we've identified 10 network killers that are basically natural things you're told to do as a human being, which undermine and kill your network and therefore make you unable to solve your loneliness problem. If you have a robust network that has any kind of reasonable flow, you, you, you only have loneliness by choice. Can, can I okay, so what I want to know is how do you nourish? I mean, I'm glad that you have told that you've figured out how to kill your network. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to nourish a network and or a community. I, I prefer I hate the word network. And you know why, David, I'm sure, yeah. because it's overused in business. I'm thinking, but they're at, two different things. They're two very different things. Um, we all have the experience of network effects because we're users of Clubhouse, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, very few of us even think it's possible to have our own personal network have network effects. Um, you, oh, mine you does. Can you can have mine a community that will unlikely ever get to network effects. But a network could, and that's one of the killers, is not realizing you can get there. Second killer is the funnel. Most of us build for six months, then stop and focus for six months on the funnel. Then we build for six months, then we focus for six months. You'll never build a robust network with a good flow if you stop building every six months. Now, it's worse if you stop building permanently, of course, but even if you build, stop, build, stop, build, stop, that's just an up-down. Your network never becomes vibrant if that's the way in which you build it. So when, I, when people tell me I don't have time to build a network, I say, you don't understand what networks are used for because of, of the hundred things I use my network for, 98 of them save me time. Well, I can, I, what I'm using my network for is to create community. And I, you know, and I, I'm not that interested in saving time as much as I am interested in, I think, what you would see, David, as the network effects, which are connecting my network to each other. You know, like if I take my network from LinkedIn and my network from Twitter, and my network for, um, for you know, from everywhere, uh, maybe so, they'll talk to each other. So, so, so let me ask you a question. Can your community be made up of multiple communities overlapping? Totally. Totally. My community. How, how do you build that kind of community? A lifetime of work. No. <laughs> A lifetime of work? No, that's not how you do it. Oh. If, if you want to build that kind of community, then you need a landscape of the communities that you care about. And a robust network will enable you to build that landscape in a few hours. If you don't have a good network, it will take months. So you need a landscape of the communities you care about. Could I ask you a question? I don't want to interrupt. Could I just ask a 10 second question? Sure. One second, Lance. Uh, I think Frank just wanted to uh, just question this conversation first, and then we'll move to Lance on the call inside. Frank? I wanted to reject a little bit. Push, push. Can I speak? Yeah, go ahead, Frank. And then Lance next. Sorry. Yeah. So um, uh, I want to push back a little bit on the idea that everybody learns, so like the children are all learning at some point about uh, networking. That is unfortunately not true, even though the, the importance of networking. I completely agree, David. It is very important to understand social resources and social capital, right, Bourdieu and all of that. It's very important, but a lot of the children are getting something like you have to care for your grades in school or something else. You have to care what your daddy says. 
right? Um, so uh, unfortunately, it is not the reality that everybody learns that, and that is playing into the problem that you're kind of uh, touching on, David. Yeah, t totally agree. I, I, the, the reason I mentioned the killers is because they're the things you're instructed and taught to do that don't work, as opposed to the things you're never taught to do. But do you have a link right. to some of this information, David, that, that you could put in the chat so that um, we could I, all? I, I have not. I have n never actually published uh, all 10 of them. I've published piecemeal. Um, but I'd be glad to do a room on it if, if, if you're interested in, in, in doing that. Um, what you can do is, is you can, uh, I'll, I'll find the best document I can and uh, send it to Gouda. And if she likes it, then, then we'll put it up on the thing. But I, I don't know well, if it's and appropriate. Then, then we can, then we can use Let's it. Let's do as, it, David. As, Let's do it. Yeah, we can okay. use it as a subject for a room. Rick, sure. I don't uh, like Sorry, that you're just up quickly here. Lance and then Rick. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Lance. Did you want to, Lance, on the call inside, did you want to add to the similar, same conversation or? Lance? Yeah, Not yeah. Sure. I, I was going to okay. comment on the loneliness thing, but let me stay with the flow of what you were just talking. Thanks. Go for it. Lance, go for it. Uh, ask quick questions. And then come back to me after the next person, uh, and I can make my content thing of, uh, of capitalism. But anyway, just two quick questions first. On your networking, two quick questions. How much is real life and how much of it is virtual online and oh, connecting social media? How much of it is like door-to-door, -door, in person, outside of the people that you already talk to every day? The second one is how much outreach specifically? Well, that may, how much, that may how be much outreach are y'all so fine, whatever that, that will be different targeted. for every person. Yeah. And, and maybe we could talk about that offline. Follow me and, uh, and I'll, I'll be glad to have a conversation, but, but never mix up the process of networking with actually managing and creating a network. They're two completely different things. Okay. We need more education on this or, or at least I do. Um, I, I feel like I want to hear Lance on the loneliness part, but I, again, I keep putting this link up to my home on Geneva because it's my solution to the loneliness problem for all of you. Should you choose to um, imbibe? I, I imbibed Dr. Francine. I looked at Good. it. It looks awesome. So, and I also just want to call it out. We are creating community right now in clubhouse in the comma club we've been doing that for a long time so let's uh it, honor it's that true well. it's yeah. true i'm totally yeah. trying you know hey rick do you have anything to say because we're getting up yeah yeah it's funny because uh, uh, you know i grew up uh moving around a lot as a kid because my father was oh. pastor we moved, you know, I don't think we lived anywhere for more than like six years. So I, I never, as a kid, developed any super close relationships. Um, but I've, I've never been, um, I've never been really, I don't, I can't remember ever feeling really lonely. Um, even in, in the pandemic here where I'll tell you, this has been kind of a blessing for me. I kind of love not having to go places. Um, now, I love to travel. I love to meet people, but I like to meet them on a one-on-one, one-on-one type of situation. I like, I love to listen to things. Like, I can sit through lectures, um, but when it comes to, like, group activities, you know, joining a team i it, it's it's one of the most uncomfortable things i can imagine to do that um and a lot of people go well how can you how can you be like that how can you be a member of this organization and not go to not go to fundraisers or not do this or that you know and it's uh for me, I don't really, 
I don't really get much out of it, and I don't think I have a lot of to offer in those situations. Um, you know, I I much prefer just a one-on-one conversation or to listen a lot. Um, but I I know that that's very unusual, and I I have been called out on it a number of times. It's just you know you're just weird. No, I think it's a. Per- <laughs> Gee, that's interesting. That's I think it's a personality type. I mean, I, I don't think it's weird. I think there are people are introverts and extroverts, and not everybody's like me, you know, needing to either talk to somebody or listen to somebody all all day. But you know, that's that's a personal uh, learning characteristic. Just- just a br- brief interception there. The concept of introvert and extrovert is actually debated bet- between social scientists. So uh, there are so many hybrid um, uh, discussions now on, on hybrids between that and extroverted introverts and all of that, and ambiverts. So there's the question, wh- what is that concept even about? I, I just want to say that uh, we should be careful not to build like these categories that seem to be fixed and then kind of subject people into into categories that are not even you know really uh, fixed there's so much that culture and socialization and uh, education all of that plays into that and the setup in which you're growing up that kind of makes a part of that and even your your the setting at your workplace and all of that plays into that i just want to also push back on you know, the personality, there are factors that are kind of, you know, kind of constant over la- large periods in your life. But uh, introversion and extraversion are debated. Oh, thank you. That's good for me to know, because that, you know, those were all the rage <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> so this is yeah, how but I... For work, yeah, but for work psychology, right? Yeah. Exactly. And also, Francine, one thing you mentioned about the fact that, you know, you put yourself out there. Um, I think this is a common thing that even patients uh, end up in a bad situation with. Like when they go to a physician or when they go to a health provider and they tell them everything, right? There's this expectation that they, they, they will get the help that they need. And oftentimes it doesn't happen. Right. And that's when they feel really let down. Sometimes, I mean, most of the time people do get a little bit step closer to what the solution will be. Um, So even in these social situations, when people go to a a stage and they, you know, there's this, you know, sometimes there's desperation. You hear the desperation in their voices, right? They're just coming out and they put out everything out there and they expect everything to be better. Change. It doesn't uh, because it does take time. And it's interesting that uh, uh, Douglas. Is that Sorry? Okay, so that's your medical advice. Well, I, no, what no. I'm saying is that, no, I think it has to be tempered, right? It's, I think the key Hang thing in, is... I'm kidding. I know, I know, but it's a community building. <laughs> and I think it's interesting right. that David, I think, was here. Douglas or David? Sorry, I forgot his name. Uh, but David. He, yeah, he said about building this network, right? But I think it's also a matter about what you want and also points to the fact that to get out of your rut, you do have to put your own effort in there. Uh, because ultimately, it's that rolling stone, right? Catches no moss. I think once you start moving and start making this connection, that's when you build that community. So uh, first of all, you've got to figure out what you want uh, and which direction you want to move in and where do you want to thrive. I'm not sure. Okay, Mustafa, you can... You okay, can... thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me right now? Yeah. Okay, uh, I would like to say something about loneliness. Uh, when I was 11, uh, people used to freak me out. I used to just uh, stay away from others. And when I, be, when I became 15, um, I became social, okay, being more with people. But when I been in the age of 21, I figure out that being with people, it gets like, it's like now. It's like now. Uh, it's worth nothing. Because of this, I like to be always being alone and thinking about discovering things. Because if you would like to uh, develop the community that you live in it, you are not going to develop with your thought 
or wishful thinking. Okay, to develop community, you can develop um, the community that was already existed. In order to develop community, you need to have your own community. You know what I'm thinking about? You have to create your own community and then try to develop it. But when you be with people that they already part of it, you can develop them. You can develop this community. And also, um, I disagree with the idea of uh, developing community through the clubhouse. Okay? I think that if you want to make a community, firstly, uh, you need to know them. Okay? You need, you, you need you to mean know in person. Not in person, but generally knowing many things. But sharing club, chatting, uh, it's not a way, it's not a better way, uh, it's not a good way to develop community. Because how can you develop, this question for you, how can you develop a non-community? You don't know the people. How can you develop them? Because you don't know what they need. Okay? You don't know how they think. In order to develop it, or in order to make it a better than it, than now, firstly, you have to get to know them, all right? Well, you have to get isn't that to know what something developing about community them. and being in community is all about? Getting to know people? I mean, it's I feel getting like to know people first. Yeah, I feel like that's what I've been doing for the past two years with Karma Club on Clubhouse. You know, I, and I, first of all, Mustafa, thank you for coming up. And I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, you do have to get to know the people first. So I'm, you know, I'm. 100%, 100%, as they say on Clubhouse. Hey, Suzanne, take us home. Well, wow, I've been listening. I don't know if I'll be able to take you home, but um, Mustafa, I completely 100% disagree with you um, in the sense that I truly believe that I have built long-standing relationships on Clubhouse. Um, I have learned a great deal about people on Clubhouse, and then I've actually met quite a few people in real life, and the what I had assessed about our relationship came to fruition in real life. I've met, like I said, a number of people, um, and some of those people, I can tell you, will be my lifelong friends, um, lifelong people that I perhaps even work with in the future um, in the professional world. Um, so. 100% disagree that you can't build a community um, virtually. I think especially with the pandemic, we've all become accustomed in a sense to building a virtual community. I know that I joined a new corporation in October of 2020. And for the first uh, year and a half, I basically did everything virtually from, from onboarding to meetings to everything else. So completely disagree. I think the pandemic has forced us to be able to be able to generate the professional and personal relationships virtually. Um, and then I just wanted to say from a perspective of um, like different types of communities that were built, my parents were part of the Jewish community in the Bay Area. And I'll tell you at my dad's funeral were over probably around 500 people um, and it was primarily through the Jewish community. Not all the people there were Jewish. I'd probably say half of them were not. But he built, he built, um, he and my mom built an amazing community initially through their faith, but then it, it grew. And then my dad also had a huge network of professional contacts um, that were at his funeral as well, just a very close community. And it's because of what he put into the relationships. Um, and then they showed up uh, when they needed to. And it wasn't just at his funeral, of course. So I, I think community is very important. And Dr. Francine, you're you're on my bus. So please, you know, keep on my bus is what I say. Um, oh, Suzanne, I'm totally. I'm sharing. I'm Thank you, Suzanne. I'm totally on your bus. As you all know, I don't like to run these rooms much longer than an hour, but I, 
I want to really thank you. I think we're going to do uh, one more room on loneliness and community and then get on to something else. But I, I, I thank you for helping me think on these issues. And, and I agree that I have made, I don't think Mustafa was really saying that you couldn't um, develop a community virtually because I've, I, I, again, I, if it hadn't been for Clubhouse, for the last three years, I would be in uh, whatever the modern equivalent is of a loony bin. But I, Clubhouse has been a tremendous source. And I, I agree, I've met people in real life and, you know, the ones that I, like Barbara, yes, Barbara, and, and I hope to meet Andrea. You know, and there are people that I see quite a bit as as Shireen would say on these clubhouse streets and consider very, very good friends. Heyman certainly is my good friend. And, you know, it's like, it's like, hello, everybody. I love you all. And the fact that you come back here every week is like, it's like kisses for me. So I totally thank you for it. I'm going to keep on doing it. You can uh, join my home on on uh, Geneva, um, and I will figure out a way to keep you all together because that's what a community is. A community is like something where one person, or at least this is my definition, where at least one person might be the convener, but you know nobody's really the the center. And so it, the community can t you know talk among yourselves. And um, and I don't know. We'll have one more discussion because I think there's some interesting thoughts about religion that kind of came up in Suzanne's thing that I would like to uh, and Francine, discuss next week. If I yes. don't mind giving you a homework, I mean, like because you are in this, uh, you are in the tech world and you've seen startups. What I'm just curious, like, what's your minimal viable product for uh, community? My minimal viable product for community is um, a group of people that can talk to each other and talk to me that share a commonality of interest around at least one topic and are respectful of places where they don't agree. And that's, that is what I'm trying to build on Geneva. I try to build it on Clubhouse with Karma Club, but Clubhouse has different metrics, you know, and they were like, they were like, I, I ended up with 9,000 people in Karma Club and a lot of them don't even know why they're there. So technically we are decentralized people who could be on any platform and still be community. Yeah. Are we, I, but are we DAOs? <laughs> we should be. Well... We're DAOs when we want to monetize ourselves or govern ourselves. Right now, we're, you know, we're not a DAO yet. Give me another six months. I'll figure it out. And then, may, oh, actually, Geneva has offered me a way to token gate. And maybe we could token gate and throw back the profits to the people in the, in the DAO. All right. Thank you. That's good thinking. I will see you all next week. Don't forget, I love you all. Thank you. Thank Don't you. Thank you, Dr. Elsie. All the best. Thank you. Take care. Everybody vote. Thanks for joining us from every uh, platform. Take care. Bye. Bye, Heyman.